Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through your day. Now, here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope a place where you get to believe in what is possible for your life. And today I have the great honor to be with Barb Greenberg. After 33 years of marriage, Barb found herself struggling through a heartbreaking divorce. Her experience led her to write two books and the books led her to create workshops for other other women who realized their marriages were ending. And the workshops became the foundation for Rediscovering You, the company Barb founded in 2013. And Rediscovering You provides education, support, and resources for women who are approaching, experiencing, or moving forward from divorce. Barb believes that when women heal, families heal. When families heal, communities heal. And when communities heal, the possibilities are endless. Welcome, Barb. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, I'm telling you, it is truly my honor to have you here. And the work you do is so profound. So I am, I'm grateful to have this time with you and, and to explore what got you to rediscovering you so Let's start off, if it's okay with you, Barb, if we can start off with, um, because the whole thing with Rediscovering You happened because you were going through a heartbreaking divorce. And if we can start there, I would love to know, um, I love knowing people's stories, like how did you get to where you are? So so how did you know that you, that you were going to file for a divorce? Because you were the one that initiated that divorce, correct? Y- yes, yes. And I and I just recently, um, before I tell you my story, because I'll get uh, on a roll here, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I recently read a, a, a quote by Black Elk, who is a Native American healer, and he said, you know, there's the good road and the road of difficulty, and where those two roads cross, that place is holy. I um, did, and it's holy if we let it be, <laughs> you know, if we um, learn from it, because it's a place of trans transition. And so that's what happened to me. Um, how I got there. Um, well, I, um, during my marriage, I started to disappear, but I didn't realize that that's what was happening because it happened so slowly. But you know, you have a sense that something's not right, but you can't quite put your finger on it. And the clearest example that I have of that is still really uh, in my head. Uh, I was in my 40s, and somebody asked me what my favorite color was, and I couldn't tell them. Oh. I thought, oh, what if I, they don't like what I say? What if they don't like my answer? What if I say something wrong? What if it's the wrong color? What if I change my mind? What? 
that's such a, I want to go back and hug that poor lady that was so disconnected. I was so disconnected from myself. I couldn't answer a simple question like that. Um, And so um, what happened was there was a catalyst, you know, oh, and before that, I have to say, I learned during my divorce, there's a difference between being nice because I was brought up to be a very nice girl that can get you in a lot of trouble. Yes. and um, so uh, I learned there's a difference between being nice and being good. Yeah. And I try really hard not to be good. And I decided I'm going to be a recovering nice person. I <laughs> um, love it. Love that, it. You know, it just, it, it, I, I disappeared trying to t- be, take care of everybody else. And yeah. I was gone. Yeah, but the catalyst. What happened? We need. I needed obviously something really big to hit me over the head, um, and unfortunately, it was a middle of the night phone call. Um, I had just turned fifty, and we had we have two daughters, and our youngest daughter had graduated college, and she would, and some friends were backpacking. And I don't even know if you can do this anymore, but um, there was a cheap student ticket where as long as you keep going the same direction, it's just the same ticket. You just go. Um, so we were getting, you know, phone calls and postcards from crazy places like New Zealand and Fiji and oh my gosh, I'm like, I can barely go downtown St. Paul, you know. Like, like, you want me to drive to Southdale? Oh my gosh. Great. Um, and then um, we got that dreaded middle of the night phone call that there'd been a car accident. Uh, she was in a uh-huh. coma and life support and we better get there right away. Oh my God. Um, she is a miracle, miracle child, wow. a miracle, but it took that big of a punch for me to look around because what happened was, as I saw her fighting to regain her life and reclaim her life, I thought, Oh, you know what? You better do the same thing, honey. It's time for you to do the same thing. But even so, even so, it took me, I think it was another three or four years before I would acknowledge the Mm. fact that so much was wrong. Yeah. That it wasn't, it was not a safe place for me. Um, So um, that's, um, how I got to the divorce. Um, I remember moving into a small apartment um, and I'd walk in and I'd throw my car keys on the table and I'd go, I'm 53 years old and I'm all alone in this little apartment. Ugh, you know? Oh, and yeah. Then it, it, it took time. It took time. But one day I woke up and I was like, oh my goodness. I'm 53 years old and I'm all alone in this little apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it it wasn't an easy transition, but I got, you know, it happened. So it can happen. Um, It it didn't mean I still had some really tough days, but something shifted, you know, something shifted. So um, that's how I, I got to the divorce. Uh, I remember going to, to, um, I drove to Stillwater um, and spent two nights overnight at that, oh, I can't even remember the name of that sweet little place. Um, and I just walked and I journaled and I walked and I journaled and it mm. just, that helped me a lot just to kind of get away and, you know, um, be somewhere where my thoughts, I had to face my thoughts. And it was interesting because this little, 
the Lowell Inn, that's what it was called, the Lowell Inn. And um, they didn't have any TVs in the room. Uh, so I couldn't avoid anything. <laughs> right. There I was. You know, yeah. I had to look at, you know, I, I couldn't escape. Uh, yeah. And I had to pay attention to what I was feeling. So right. that was hard. Wow. Yes. And do you do you think that part of having to pay attention to to your feelings was a big catalyst because we can distract ourselves and do everything under the sun to to not have to ever really look inside and to see how we're feeling. Do you think that was a big catalyst for you? Oh, it was huge. Yes, it was huge because I was the master at just, um, you know, how sometimes you stay busy, you stay really busy because, you know, that's an acceptable form of an addiction. Right. Avoid things. So I just stay busy. And, you know, and then I all get distracted by something else. And yeah, mm. it, it is. And it, it's interesting, too, because later on, I started to, um, it took a long time um, that I would, you know, when emotions would come up, instead of mm. like um, saying an affirmation so they'd go away. I'm not yeah. scared. I'm fearless. Those were not working for me at all. I remember mm. one night I... Um, I uh, I couldn't sleep because I was so frightened. I was so scared. Uh, so I, I turned on the light. I got out of bed. I grabbed a fresh legal pad and a pen. And I sat in my bed and I wrote, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. Um, and then I threw in some swear words. Um, some <laughs> of the writing, like, was so, you know, I have to do that. Yes. Um, was so large. You know, it took up a page. Some of it I wrote so hard. I tore through the paper. But I wrote the whole, I used up the whole legal pad. It's like wow. I threw up on the paper and then I slept like a baby because oh, I was okay. like, I needed to be honest. I couldn't keep like um, faking it. You know, they say fake it till you make it. I can't, I can't do that anymore. It's too yeah. hard and I get too confused um, because it, it, it doesn't, it, it just doesn't work for me. It, it, it used to, but it, it, in the long run, it, it hasn't worked for me. So I learned that I have to just be really honest and let my emotions vent. Even yeah. this morning, <laughs> I woke up, I was super crabby. I, I just, yeah. was, you ever wake up one of those mornings? Super crabby. Yes. So I'm doing my <laughs> journaling, and I'm going, you're not crabby. It's going to be a really nice day. Look at all the wonderful things that are going on, blah, blah, blah. And I was right. like, no, wait a minute. You're crabby. Let's, yeah. you know, say that. And I think there are about five lines that I swore. I'm crabby, I'm crabby, I'm blah, 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 crabby. And then I went, are you done yet? Nope, I'm going to do a few more lines. <laughs> Good for you. As soon as, and I did. And you know what? It was gone. The crabbiness yeah. went away because I acknowledged it. So I'm, yeah. um, I'm learning to understand the, I don't want to say the magic, of, but the power of just, you know, listening to myself. Yes. It's been huge for me because I never did. Yes. No. Yes. And I I completely agree with you. And I think for the longest time, I thought the same thing. Fake it till you make it. And, you know, if it feels bad, do something to make it feel better. And, and whatever we resist, it persists, right? It just stays there. And it's just acknowledging yeah. I am super crabby. I'm so mad. <laughs> and just have that and then let it go. And, and all of a sudden, we just feel so much better because I think Finally, that voice is able to be heard and loved and expressed instead of shoving it down. And I would think with you also, Barb, the whole thing on on faking it, because 
Right. I mean, I understand that. And, and right. It's very it's always hard to tell what degree anybody feels it, you know, relative to somebody else. But but when yeah. you recognize that you're in your 40s and and if somebody asked me what my favorite color is and I don't even know, I don't even know. And it's like what a wake up call that is because you've been so busy taking care of somebody else and making sure everybody else's lives are good and wonderful that that when we become invisible even to our own selves it is like we're faking our way through so even though we're showing up as loving caring people but we fake it to ourselves we do our own self such a disservice that so it seems like for you to try to fake it till you make it is like no that that's a step backwards that's how I did it in the past and it it didn't work then and it's certainly not going to be working now that's exactly I I, it's exactly I remember when you said disappearing I remember uh, feeling like I was going to walk down the aisle of um, like Target and poof, I'd be gone. Oh, Nobody man. would notice. I'd just be gone, you know? Wow. Um, yeah, it was, um, a, I, and I didn't realize how toxic my situation was until I was gone, until yeah. I left it and moved away. And the for longer I was out of that, um, it was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. So I kind of feel like I I saved my life, um, and yeah. nobody can do that for you. I mean, you can get support, but you have to make the decision to do that yourself, and it's scary. Was it? I know having the courage to be able to say to somebody, "I want a divorce." It it is so horribly scary. And I know that you were saying that, that, you know, you woke up in the middle of the night and you were so afraid and you were writing all of that down. Were there other tools that you used to help you to work through the fear? And, and I guess, and so that's one question, what, what other tools okay. you used to work through that fear and how, how was that accepted in your social circles? Were, were you embraced and supported or was it like, oh, this is a bad deal? Yeah. Oh, those are two really good questions. Um, how did I do the first one again? How how did I handle my fear? You know yeah. what I had to do sometimes? I remember um, I can only do so much um, self-awareness um, at a time. <laughs> it's exhausting. Yeah. So I, um, I would find creative avoidance. I remember um, during the divorce watching really bad TV just so my mind would go blank. I remember I decided I was going to knit a sweater. I'd knit what I can knit and purl. I can't do anything fancy. And I could figure out how to get the yarn on the needles, but that was about it. But mm-hmm. so I started knitting when I got like overwhelmed and I, the sweater got kept getting longer and longer, longer and longer and longer because I couldn't stop because it was an escape. So I'm, sure. I'm all about, I, I think a little creative avoidance is, healthy um, yeah. for me. Um, yeah. And for um, all my my emotions, oh, I was really good at being sad. I was so yeah. good at being sad. Being angry, oh, nice girls don't get angry. Yeah. That was a really tough one for me. Um, and I had somebody, therapist, say, you know, get a piece of paper and start to scribble your anger on the paper. And yeah. so I got a little teeny piece of paper and a little crayon, and I turned away when I scribbled on it. I couldn't even look at it. And wow. the next time she saw me, she pulled out a giant pad of paper, and she made me look 
while I scribbled. I was I couldn't even look at my anger. And I there's a really good book called Is it The Dance of Anger? Mm. Um, by Harriet Lerner about how um, anger gets a bad reputation yeah. because we just don't know how to use it. <laughs> but right. it's a tool to let you know that something's not right. Something's yeah. not right. Pay attention. Plus, uh, when I could get angry, I was like, oh, this kind of feels good. <laughs> yeah. This is important <laughs> for me. And um, and it, it gave me the energy to get off the sofa. Um, the trick is to use the anger wisely and not go like, um, oh, somebody said whining is like anger coming through a very, very, very small opening. It's just not oh, good. Um, yeah. Isn't that a great description? Yes, um, I love it. Isn't that great? And if you're screaming, nobody hears you anyway. I mean, that's, that doesn't work. And right. if you yell at the other, if you blame, the, uh, if there's another person involved, it's not their fault. They weren't the ones that, it doesn't do you any good to get mad at them because they weren't the ones that um, uh, promised to be your partner. Um, right. So it's just, you know, have to use it. It's like a tool that nobody taught so many of us how to use. Yeah. That's what I feel like it is, you know, and, and just nobody ever taught us to use it. So we don't know what to do with it. And it gets a little messy sometimes. Yes. So yes. that's, that's that piece. Um, and the, uh, my, my, uh, I think this happens to so many of us in divorce. There were people who were very supportive and there were people who faded away that they felt like uh. they had to choose sides and they could, which was, um, um, and they didn't choose my side. You know, they just mm. felt like they had an obligation to choose a side. Um, and that was hard. The people that supported me were wonderful. Yeah. Um, even though they had no idea what I was going through because they hadn't been divorced, but they really hung in there with me. Um, and um, and then the spots that were vacant from those people that didn't choose to support me ended up eventually filling with people like you, these amazing, wonderful, warm, caring, <laughs> wise women. I'm not, I'm serious. That, like these people started appearing that I'm like, mm. oh my gosh, where did you come from? I love you. Um, so, um, but it's a, it was a lonely time. Yeah. It, was a, it was a lonely time. Um, and um, that's okay. You know, um, sometimes you, you need that time to figure things out. It, it's, um, it, it was just, it was lonely. Yeah. Um, oh. So, because um, yeah. you can even hear that in your voice, and it is that that because you can even be surrounded with a hundred people, and it doesn't matter. It's still that loneliness yeah. that is just yes. so deep yes. inside, and it's just it's frightening. At least my experience of that has just been frightening because we feel so disconnected. And what do I hold on to? And who do I hang on to? And where is the grounding underneath me? And it, it just feels like there's not anything there to support and, and love us through that. And, oh, God bless you. I, I just, yeah, I, I just feel no. that part. Um, and I don't, I, don't, I don't want to skim over the miracle of your daughter um, being okay from the car accident. I mean, that part, I want to make sure that we touch on that. And 
before we touch on that piece of it, how, I guess I don't even know how, how many children you have. So we know you have a daughter. Do you have other children? I have, I have two daughters, two amazing daughters, uh, <laughs> amazing daughters. And awesome. they are the ones that inspire me. They inspire me. They support me. I uh, adore them. I, um, you know, that's a whole other podcast about my girls. Um, but, and I, and I don't, dwell too much on my daughter's accident because she doesn't consider herself a victim of an accident. Um, But it was, um, but she taught me, I mean, she taught me, well, both my daughters have taught me a lot, but um, she was in a coma for a while. Um, We were in Australia for a month. We were an outpatient in Minneapolis. And then um, my, um, and then a couple of things happened. Um, first, my um, older daughter has a dance company in Albuquerque. So we all went to visit her in Albuquerque. And um, the, there's the Sandia Mountains on the east side of the city. And okay. so my daughter who had, the younger daughter who had just uh, recovered from the accident, she's, we go for a walk along the edge of the mountains, the bottom of the mountains, their foothills. And she goes, I see that big outcropping. I'm just going to climb right up there. I was like, wow. What, what are you doing? What? And she, <laughs> and she had, what? And she'd lost sight in her left eye, so her depth perception was not there. Um, yeah. She'd had a severely broken left arm, so her left side of her body was very weak. And she goes, no, I'm just going to climb up there. And um, she, she goes, Mom, it only looks big. Oh, I I thought, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Uh, that I keep in my head all the time when I'm um, um, confronted with something really difficult. It only looks big. Oh, and then, wow. Yes. And then she went back to school, became an occupational therapist, which I think is amazing, and started running marathons. And, um, my brother, who also runs marathons, their their quote is, "Respect the distance. You always Ooh. respect the distance." Isn't that that's another great one? Yes. So, um, wow. Yeah. So you know, um, if you pay attention, there are all these little clues all around you. I think to um, yeah to help you. But she's happily married with a fabulous kids and a fabulous husband and doing great mm-hmm. things and. Um, and my other daughter, same thing, um, in Albuquerque where it's warm, <laughs> warmer. Uh, yes. And, and, you know, um, just doing amazing work. Um, so, and a fabulous family. So I'm so grateful because that was, you know, um, one of my biggest worries was the pain I was causing my children. Right. That was a huge concern for me, a huge concern. And, um, they're extraordinary. So I'm very grateful. I'm very yeah. grateful. Yes. Oh my goodness. So, so I would assume because we're going to have to start wrapping this up. Can you even believe that half an hour goes by that? Oh, no. It <laughs> no. amazes me. It just amazes me. But I would love to, I would love to end on the note of knowing. So, because that was one of the things I was wondering is how did your children respond to you wanting to get a divorce? Because sometimes kids, like now they feel like they have to choose sides and and they're against one parent and for the other parent. And then it just becomes Mm -hmm. all crazy. But it sounds like they were just these beautiful, loving, 
women that supported you and loved you through the whole divorce process? They've been really exceptional. They've done, Mm -hmm. they've just been, they were in their 20s. So that I think helped a little, a lot probably. And they both lived out of town. So they Mm -hmm. weren't dealing with the day-to-day commotion of the divorce. And I think that made it easier too. But they really were respectful of both of us did their best mm-hmm. to understand both of us. Um, and um, they were really fabulous. So, yeah, yeah fabulous. So, uh, very, very grateful. Oh, absolutely. So, Yes. Oh, I love it. I love that. I love that. I love that they were respectful to both parents and not picking and choosing and, um, and that you have such a beautiful relationship with them. It's just, it's fabulous. And it warms my heart to hear that. I love that. What doesn't warm my heart is that we have to end this, (laughs) (laughs) but if you would be willing to come back, I would love you to come back for part two so we could continue this conversation into next week. Would you do that? That would be wonderful. Thank you. Oh, I would love that. Yes, because there's so much for us to talk about. And one of the biggest things that I want to make sure that people know that you do is you started the company. I'm calling it company, and that's not what I want to call it. My notes, of course, are all messed up. You started Rediscovering (laughs) You, where you are helping women with the divorce process, whether they're contemplating or they're going through it or they're you know, down the road from it. And that, that is the beautiful work that you offer. And, and being divorced myself, I know how scary it is to be in those shoes. So I want to be able to talk about that and let people know from podcast number one, that if they want information from you or about rediscovering you, the best way to find out about that is just to go to your website, rediscovering you with the letter U. Uh, .com. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Okay. All right. Because I know you have great resources um, and and we'll get a little, well, maybe quickly before we get off. Can you're doing virtual stuff. So you don't even have to be in Minnesota. You're doing virtual. I know. And my, my older daughter keeps saying, come to Albuquerque, come to Albuquerque. But um, I like that people in other areas of the country now can tune in to come to our classes. Yeah, and um, other even just even other sides of the Twin Cities can come to our classes now that they're virtual. So, yeah. Fabulous. So that information will be, the link will be right there on the show notes. So any listeners who weren't able to um, pick that up, no worries. It will be in print. You just click a link and away you go. But it's called Rediscovering You. And Barb Greenberg is the founder of that beautiful, um, I keep saying company, and that is not what I want to say. I don't know. Uh, it, beautiful, I'm not beautiful. sure what to call it either. Business, business. <laughs> beautiful I don't know. Like community. <laughs> community, community. Oh, that's a good word. Community, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So for all of the listeners out there, thank you so much for being with us today. And be sure to tune in to next week where we continue this conversation. We're going to talk a little bit more about rediscovering you. And Barb, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being with us and sharing a very personal and Um, heartfelt story. And and I so appreciate your authenticity and being able to just be real with us and and share the truth. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) And until next week, listeners, have a beautiful week and we'll see you in seven days.
Bye-bye for now. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information you can use right away. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our show. And don't forget to rate and review right there on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.